Welcome to Media Plus from the Mac Observer. I'm your host, Charlotte Henry, and this is our weekly look at the world of digital media and Apple's place in it. And boy, have we got some big news to discuss. We've got Apple's, well, Apple TV Plus, and more specifically, Ted Lasso's record-breaking night at the Emmys and the return of the morning show. And there's only one person I could discuss this with. Welcome back, Media Plus awards correspondent, Brian Chaffin. Yeah, fresh from the red carpet. Do you know what back, I would pay to? Back. I would pay to watch your red carpet coverage. Uh, I would be a very, very good, if unwelcomed, red carpet coverist. I, as I say, I would pay to see it, tux and all. I, I, uh, yeah, I, I'd be in a. I'd be in a very sharp suit. I'd be there. I'd be there. Kind of like right now. I'd like. Yeah. Yeah. A, all we're saying is there's a reason this is an audio podcast. We'll move on. Um, <laughs> Um, but it was a big night at the Emmys, wasn't it? Because Ted Lasso won four primetime Emmy Awards. So it won, and they were in big categories. So it won Outstanding Comedy Series, Ted Lasso. Jason Sudeikis, obviously the star and exec producer on the show, won Outstanding Lead Actor in, an, in a Comedy Series. Uh, Brett Goldstein, who is Roy Kent, played one Outstanding Supporting He's Actor. so good. He is so good, and that is why he won Outstanding Supporting Actor in a Comedy Series. He actually beat um, other colleagues, I believe, from that show, as did Hannah Waddingham, who beat Juno Temple, I believe, and she won Outstanding Supporting Actress in a Comedy Series. So that is four Emmys there. It also won seven earlier in the week. She is also amazing. She is fabulous and she had quite a big week because sex education returned to Netflix as well, which she's in. So she's had a very, very good week. She does more with her face than most actors do with like all of, all of the tools. Yeah. She's, she's stupendous. She's been an absolute star. Even as season two has wobbled, she has been consistently brilliant. Um, We should also talk about the creative arts Emmys awards that Apple won. Uh, well, the Apple TV Plus one. It wasn't just Ted Lasso. Boys State won Outstanding Documentary or Nonfiction Special. Ted Lasso picked up Outstanding Sound Mixing for a Comedy or Drama Series, Outstanding Single Camera Picture Editing for a Comedy Series, Outstanding Casting for a Comedy Series. So that's four there. Uh, Couple Karaoke, the series, which we always forget is an Apple thing, won Outstanding Short Form Comedy, Drama or Variety Series for all men. Really? Ca- yep. Have you, have you, I haven't, to be fair to the show, I'm going to be very unfair to the show and I haven't watched it since the first season because the first season was, was rather disappointing. Okay. As a matter of fact, the first season had me, the first season of carpool, carpool karaoke is what had me worried about like all of the Apple TV plus shows. Because that was before Apple TV Plus was announced. I think you have mentioned this before, actually. I think I have mentioned this before. And, and I think and have you seen it since? Have you seen like Well, any they haven't recent? been able to do carpool karaoke for a while. Oh, I think COVID. COVID I think COVID has stopped sitting with very famous rich people um in uh, enclosed cars and singing. <laughs> I believe respiratory as, viruses as stopped should, that. As it should have, uh, in fact. But uh, so what did it win for if it hasn't been on? Has it been on? I'm so I have to say I was slightly confused about that. But Carpool Karaoke, the series, obviously there were some episodes that were released in the correct time span and it picked up that award. 
There was also an award an Emmy for, for All Mankind in the Outstanding Innovation in Interactive Media Cup, um, category. One, mm-hmm. Do you remember the, uh, the time capsule AR tool that they had in the game? One yes. for that. No, and, no, I'm completely lying. Right. Um, it, it was quite cool. We played with it. Uh, I think I think we did. Um, there's definitely stuff on the Mac Observer about it if you want to check that out. Uh, and calls, which I remember discussing on this show and writing about and feeling a bit unsure about. That also picked up an outstanding motion design Emmy. So hmm. there we go. That is 11 Emmys across the board for Apple TV, primetime Emmys in the, those big categories for Apple TV+. Plus. That is... Um, I suspect they're very happy about it, but the standout is, of course. So, we'll do, talk about the general thing first of all. Yes, Apple should be happy about it. Why, from your perspective, just because it's a Hollywood acceptance thing? Well, yeah, there's the there's the sort of you know uh, echo chamber uh, uh, pats on the back. That's that's important to anyone who's going to be in the echo, cha- echo chamber. It's certainly going to. Uh, make it easier for, or at the very least, it won't hurt Apple's chances of signing additional shows, right? People aren't going to be worried about Apple TV Plus being the place where shows go to die or where great, you know, great work doesn't get recognized. Yeah, I think that has so to be right. It, I mean, this, this, I mean, it, it is from a business standpoint, from an industry standpoint from a new business for uh, the, the, the other kind of business the new business standpoint this is nothing but good news for apple huge feather in the company's cap and should uh possibly help uh get further subscribers to paying subscribers possibly <laughs> yeah and they, some people might even pay for it yeah exactly yeah um well, i that think <sighs> Right, we're going to have to do it. We're going to have to discuss the phenomenon of Ted Lasso. We've sort of touched on it because every time we do an awards special, we have to discuss it because it's one at most of the award seasons that we've discussed, uh, you know, at the awards events that we've discussed over the course of the last however many months. But it is every time we think the momentum of Ted Lasso might be falling away, or I think that, it doesn't happen, does it? We just get no, more nights like last night. It, it for it is a it is a great show, and more importantly, it's a feel good show that's not drippy and sappy. And I mean, like, well, right? I mean, it's about I well, it can do I, that when it wants, but on the whole, it doesn't. No, and it and, knows and when I, it's doing it. I have a feeling. I, obviously, I don't know. It turns out Jason Sudeikis hasn't had like dinner with me. Rude. And, 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 and right, and it also turns out that the uh, what is it? Television Academy, I think, is the official body. Yes. It, it turns out they also have not had me over for dinner. Rude. I, still rude. But I suspect that a big part of why Ted Lasso's first season did so well is because it was the show. We needed in the middle of the pandemic. Sure, it, we. This is yeah. We've touched on this many times. It was, and even Bill Lawrence's and I think Jason Sudeikis and lots of people involved in the show have accepted the timing worked in their favor. Uh, and we should bear in mind during this conversation that this 
these Emmys will really apply to season one, won't they? They'll be about season one. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's by by definition, it's it's specifically for season one, right? And season two may not fare so well, and in my opinion, should not. But we can discuss that separately. We can dis- discuss that separately. Um, I also noticed in your coverage, your excellent coverage. You noted that Apple TV Plus is the first streaming service ever to win, I'm quoting, to win a top program award in just its second year of eligibility. Yes, Apple was very clean to uh, keen to promote that idea. Apple was promoting that. Of course, Apple was promoting that. Of course it was. The, here's the thing about that. We know that Apple has a long and storied history of not being first to market with most things. Not all things, but most things. Yeah, and it's often Apple doesn't do it first, but it often does it better. Often does it better, and sometimes even does it best. And uh, I, don't, I don't. I'm not saying that Apple TV Plus is the best streaming service. Actually, that's that. That was not my intent. But uh, there is there was a lot of groundwork done by other streaming services to make it possible for Apple to win. It's top award program in just its second year of eligibility. For instance, and I, please don't, okay, please understand the context of this, of what I'm about to say. I'm, I know what Brian's about to say, and I'm <laughs> going to say as a preamble, please send all your letters to him. Yes, please. That's fine. House of Cards was a great TV show. And when it came out, we didn't know about Kevin Spacey's shenanigans. We didn't know about Kevin Spacey's shenanigans for a long time. So this is in no way supposed to be an endorsement of I Kevin I also Spacey's don't think we are going to dismiss what Kevin Spacey has been accused of as shenanigans. Uh, that is also fair. I did not mean that to be in a belittling or dismissive kind of way. My point is this. House of Cards was a, was a great TV show. And it did not win anything in part because it was such a brand new thing and awards weren't going to streaming services. So there's a a lot, and there have been other streaming services that have come along since then that have done a lot of groundwork in mainstreaming streaming services to make it possible for Ted Lasso to be able to win a top award in just its second year of, or for Apple TV plus to win a, a top award in just its second year of eligibility. Uh, I think that's such an important point that it used to be, and this was a really old fashioned concept and it's still, I think is around a bit in movies, but it's definitely gone from television that unless you were on linear television on a traditional network, or you know, cable network television, whatever way it's defined in your country, um, it your show was not to be taken seriously. That streaming services were a place to watch old stuff and a bit of a backwater for new stuff. And you're right, shows like big hits like House of Cards, more recently, The Queen's Gambit, which picked up a load of awards, I believe, as well. Um, all those kind of things have totally, totally changed that. And it should. It was Hands a, Made Tale too. Hands Made Tale is a great example. Like it was a nonsense the way that um streaming services were kind of disfer- in the way that kind of I don't know, podcasts were used to not be considered proper radio or you know, that that kind of thing. And there so was if, 
I'm, I'm sorry. No, I was just saying there was still a bit of that perception, I think, hanging around. And you're absolutely right to say it would have stopped in previous years a show like Ted Lasso getting that kind of recognition. And if if anything, if this means anything that Apple won this in just its second year of eligibility, it means that streaming services are here and are the norm now. They are, they are part and parcel of the TV world, not some weird little, you know, flash in the pan spinoff, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, that to me is the is the is the really. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm sure Apple is like Apple has a right to be proud to have to have won this. Mm-hmm. I just don't think it's fair to mention Apple having uh, achieved that without also acknowledging all of the heavy lifting that came along before it. Oh, there's huge amounts of context that need to be put on that and a backstory. It wasn't Apple that came along and made everyone go, oh, yeah, street shows on streaming services can be good enough for television, the Television Academy or whatever else. Word um, up. Uh, yeah. I just thought, actually, I wonder if Apple has still got a little bit of a hold up from that thing where it had to put the 1984 advert in a cinema at like a random time at night so that it qualified for awards. Yeah. Uh, I Could wonder be. if there's still a bit of that mentality still at the company that it's a bit resentful of that. I don't know. I'm that's, speculating. That's entirely possible. Um, so... I know you're not totally haven't watched every episode of season two yet, but yeah, what's a couple your, episodes behind. But what's your your take on what you've seen of season two? Uh, I have thoroughly enjoyed it. I know there's some kvetching out there. Um, that is the, the technical soft, term. The sophomore uh, season of most shows can be quite difficult especially when the first season uh is considered to be such a raging success uh, and such an unexpected success no one no one thought it was going to be this right that that's fair i have thoroughly enjoyed season two i've really really enjoyed uh the uh roy kent um yeah. uh, thread so far i yeah. have I, i'm intrigued by nate's th- arc i don't know where nate's arc is going no. i'm a couple of episodes behind um and, and and like i'm really intrigued by it because it's 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 like it's like you know the standout weird thing compared to the rest of the show at the at the point of the series season where i am yeah um and the actor nick Mohammed, who plays nate has made the point that he knows people are upset about the way that has played out and kind of so, so basically he tweeted like keep the faith it will all make sense in the end and the, you know and the funny thing is is that like that's been my assumption all yeah. along it's like i know this is going somewhere it's confusing and kind of hurtful seeing it so far but that just makes me i mean we'll, i am we'll utterly that. confident that it's gonna that it's gonna get there so my my take on season two is that there have been some standout episodes in fact the the couple you're about to get to are some of those standout episodes i'm particularly excited for you to watch uh, episode nine um which is almost entirely about coach beard it is entirely about coach beard and i'm very excited for you to watch that this season has been a lot of 
a lot more backstory on yep. the ancillary characters. Yep, which I think I think he's one of the good things about it. I think we've lost a bit of the humor and the fun and the kind of carefree laughs, but gained some other stuff. I've accepted this is not the silly half an hour comedy I started watching, and that's okay. Um, I miss well, it. You know, think about the time when it was being written, Charlotte. Sure. Like the sure. first season was written before COVID. Yeah, I don't and know it- if that's a total dominant. I think actually. So Bill Lawrence was obviously known for Scrubs. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I've discussed this on other shows, but just, you know, Bill Lawrence did Scrubs. And one of the brilliant, brilliant, brilliant things about Scrubs is it can make you laugh out loud and cry in the same episode, yeah. often within yeah, yeah. minutes of each other. And it's done yeah. consistently throughout the timeline of Scrubs. That is done brilliantly. Yeah. And so obviously there are elements of that in Ted Lasso. I think we have lost some of the funny bits in series um, two, which I think is a shame. Okay. But um, episode series two, episode nine does have pretty much the best joke they've ever written, the best one liner they've. So, and I might even be further behind than that. Uh, so that's fun in terms of just bringing it full circle to awards season and the Emmys and so on. I think, look, if you're in Cupertino, you're going to be very chuffed that you're getting this kind of recognition. Um, it, I hope that they don't go well. We've done a really good, quirky half-hour comedy, so we must keep churning those out. One of the things that even in a limited catalogue, Apple TV Plus has done well is there's a pretty good variety of stuff. You know, calls that won a Creative Arts Emmy. Um, you basically you never see another, you never see a person in it. It's all audio based, which is really clever. Um, we've got high drama you know, the fancy stuff like C and the morning show. We've got more sci-fi coming on the way and kind of foundation and invasion. Yeah. Yeah. All those kind of things are coming. Can we talk about Finch real quick? Yes. The trailer is out the day we're recording the show. Yes. What you excited to watch that? I mean, it's got a robot and Tom Hanks and a dog. So I'm already in. Listen, it's a, it's a PA show, like apocalyptic. And the, the. Explain the context quickly to listeners. Uh, solar flare hits. This is all said in the uh, in the uh, trailer. trailer. Yeah. Solar mm-hmm. flare hits, and civilization goes away. And Tom Hanks finds a dog and, and builds a robot, and off they go on their adventures. Uh, here's here's my problem though. Um, so Tom Hanks is obviously uh, a bit of a god in the acting world, at the very least. One of the nicest people in Hollywood is what people consistently say about him. I a terrific actor. And there's entirely way too much feel-good music in that trailer for a post-apocalyptic show. I want, I want my PA shows to be dark. I don't know. This is going to be dark. I think there's going to. I mean, I think there will be dark moments, but I, I don't know. I ha- it, it it was pretty darn. The trailer was pretty. Yeah, darn it's quite good. fun. It's fun. But, yeah. No, I don't want my PA to be feel-good. Brian, let the light in. It's going to be no, fun. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm certainly going to watch it. Yeah, I think I probably will settle down to watch that. Although I do find things in which an animal plays a central role quite difficult because I find it very hard to stomach if anything bad happens to said animal. Mm, Yeah, fair enough. And And I'll spend the entirety of the film worrying about the dog. So I think that that will be very much worth watching. That's November 5th. It premieres on TV Plus. And... Something else that has premiered 
just you know a few days before you're listening to the show uh last friday is the morning show is back mm, yes the morning show season two it has returned to us in all its dramatic soap opera so it's yeah. soap opera okay what did you make of the season two premiere well so the first thing i did was rewatch season uh, episode right. nine and ten of season mm-hmm. one uh because it's been a long time it's much longer than they wanted it to be no doubt and uh billy crudup is is, do you you know how to pronounce his last name i'm going crudup and i know what you're about to say and you're right he is outstanding he is he just there's something about his delivery that is just so pitch perfect like every he he steals every scene he's in it yeah it's the it's the maniacal eyes for me (laughs) yeah and the the smile yeah he's exceptional he, he would be, he would make a great joker i think mm-hmm. but uh so what is interesting is that episode one season two has him demonstrating other acting skills like his character is not the same and he's not in the same role so it makes sense that the character is not the same yeah i'm sorry same role within the business fictional business world that the morning show occupies yeah so I don't know how many much we're going to have to give spoilers, I think, to be able to discuss it properly. But we yes. learn that Billy Crudup's character, Corey Ellison, uh, he was meant to be fired following, he was fired following the bust up on air that we end season one with. With um, yeah, why did they? Why did they choose to do that? What well, uh, we're not going to relitigate season one. No, but I mean, if they're going to bring him back for season two, why? Why in the season? Well, I season think we. That way? Well, to show what he's like, to show the power that Bradley, played by Reese Witherspoon, has, because we learned that it's really only because of an intervention by Bradley that Corey has not only kept a job but yeah, been, I, seemingly been promoted. I feel like there was an episode that we didn't see. Probably. And 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 I'm confident that they will unveil those. Yeah. I think we'll learn a bit more as, about as we go. Yeah, but it did. It was it was a bit jarring at first, especially having just just rewatched season ten, uh, episode ten. Yeah, Chip has gone. We see him in a different job at a different organization. Yeah, so he's probably coming back. Uh, we see he's, he, he's in the sh- he's in the show. The actor is in the show. The, show, the character right. is in the show. So we'll see. We see. Bradley with a new partner who we learn on the morning show, who we learn is about to be moved to evening news is the kind of me too fallout continues within UBA, the fictional network where this is all based. We see Alex in Maine in the snow, seemingly writing a memoir and Corey Ellison trying to get her back. So all of that is going on. But to me, watching this episode, that was all almost, I don't want to say secondary because they do a good job of focusing on it. But here's the thing, and I'm sorry that this has been a bit of a COVID special, this episode, because I try and avoid talking about that on this show. (laughs) I try and give us a bit of escapism. But it it is relevant to what we're discussing, and it's particularly relevant to the morning show because if you watch back, as Brian did, uh, episode 10 of season one, you will see a cryon on the back of the screen where Alex and Bradley are talking, talking about a cruise ship being quarantined as people on board are struck down by mystery illness. And we obviously, as viewers, know what is coming. 
And yeah, we should mention season two takes starts uh, yeah. New Year's Eve of right. It starts on New Year's Eve, twenty twenty, and I found that really hard to watch. I mm-hmm. watching the kind it's done very cleverly that there's little hints and things of what we what we frankly have lost. I say this in my review. The little things we have lost are just done very carefully and thrown into the show. So there's communal fruit bowl at UBA. Um, so mm. like one of the presenters licks another one as, as the new year's Eve strikes, mm. uh, Bradley is sharing a drink with her co-host on the new year's Eve show, you know, things that like now we we're like, you're sitting cringing, watching it. Uh, this, a story about a, a weird virus. This is the most obvious one. They do a story about a weird virus in China is pitched to Maya who has been promoted into chips role is is pitched and dismissed by her they don't think about it again yeah well it's not important yet and it's deemed not important they don't get it and as viewers you're watching them in this celebratory free mode and we know what's coming and i found that really really hard to watch it was like you it's different it is difficult to watch and they execute it really well because it's they don't pretend they're not doing it, but it's apart from that one bit with Maya, it's not done very like deliberately or like very obviously. It's very, it's quite subtle, and I think that makes it harder to stomach because it shows how natural all those things were previously. The, the there is a there is a lot. I mean, okay, the uh, noting that the entire premise of the show is based on Brian Stelter's. Uh, yes. um, coverage of uh, it's his book top of the morning yeah top of the morning but what's the what's the bad guy's name the real life bad guy so um i, I can't believe i can't remember his name but uh uh the so this is not divorce this is not a show that is sort of separated from reality by its very premise there's a big part of me that wouldn't mind if the show existed outside of the world of the pandemic. But I trust the showrunners so far enough that they Matt will Lau make that interesting. Matt, thank you, Matt Lauer. Goodness gracious, yeah. The point is that I trust the showrunners enough to make, if they're going to put this show in the world where the, uh, the coronavirus, COVID-19 pandemic exists, that they're going to do so in a way that will be uh, interesting and not bothersome. Yeah. So, first of all, a clarification: you you were right that it is nonfiction. Top of the morning, Brian Stelter's Top of the Morning is nonfiction, and uh, he serves as a consultant producer on the morning show. Yeah, I'm pretty. I think it was licensed from Top of the Morning. Yeah, and, I, mean, and I think he, I think I, they they optioned they optioned the rights. Yeah, for yeah, and he and he's working actively on the show, and i think doesn't really cover apple tv plus as a result anyway so there's that just as a clarification um and i agree i i've discussed this with you before both on air and off air um i was really concerned about when it when i heard and reported that um the morning show had been rewritten to reflect the pandemic i i was quite disappointed and concerned Mm. I was like, do you know what? TV has been such a great escape. We don't really want to live through COVID again. Like, 
we don't need to watch it again. We know what, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was a bit like, I, oh. I don't, I don't quite share the level of concern that you have, but I very much understand. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think a drama, you know, there's going to be so much and has already been so much a, a fiction and nonfiction work about COVID and the pandemic and goodness knows what else to come that I was a bit like, Oh, can't you just carry on with what you're doing? And we don't need to deal with this and this show. But I, I do understand that in a show where you're dealing with real world events and basing it in the news media, it, if you, it might have felt weird not to have it. Covering the Me Too movement, there's ways to develop that story so that you continue to deal with those issues and work through those issues and see the fallout of those issues whilst bringing in other things, whether that's issues of race, whether it's different types of issues within the media, all sorts of things you could do. What is more difficult for obvious reason with COVID is how do you end that storyline? I mean, I think we'd all like that storyline to end in real life, but I don't know once you're in that and you're in real world time, how you move that forward. Yeah, fair enough. We, we will have to see how that goes. And I, 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 I do think that I, I think that the title of the first episode is probably a spoiler because the title of the first episode is my least favorite year. And of course we know what's coming. Yeah. I mean, have you seen the title of the second episode? Uh, I did not look at that. It's called, it's like the flu. Ah, right. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. A couple of uh, other notes, by the way. Um, uh, Hassan Minaj, who is Brilliant. Eric, who is the co-host of uh, the morning show. He's from, you might recognize the name from uh, The Daily Show, but he's been doing more and yep. more. That, that that guy is, he's fantastic. Greta Lee, who plays a new character named Stella Back. Yeah, she's going to be an interesting character to watch. She is really powerful on stage. She She's a, her character is a, uh, some kind of power broker within the within the corporate structure of the network. She is just she has so much presence on screen. Yeah. Like like she's great. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, like very very captivating to me. And um, uh, the I, I'm I'm looking forward to season two. Yeah, I, I am as well. I think I think they'll do it really well. We do need to discuss though before we finish the discussion of the morning show, Alex. As I said, we see her in Maine mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. snow, chopping wood and kind of writing a book and taking some time out and Corey trying to get her back. Mm-hmm. It's an interest. She, her character is going to be very interesting to watch. She's obviously, I mean, I think I would be willing, I don't know, I've not seen ahead, um, but I think I would be willing to place a bet on the fact that she does return to the morning show. The trailers have kind of given that away anyway. It's going to be very interesting to see her return. And, you know, the performances of Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon were great in season one. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to seeing her return properly in, as the series goes, as the season goes on. Yeah, all fair. Uh, I, also, I, I, I think that I'm a, I'm a big fan of Jennifer Aniston. Sure. Love her to death. I'm a big fan of Reese Witherspoon, uh, probably even more so with the Jennifer, with Jennifer Aniston. But my, with that said, 
It is all of I, the, the Billy Crudup's character, uh, Mark Duplass's character, Chip Black. Yeah. Uh, the, the even uh, what's his name, um, Nestor Carbonell, I think, uh, who plays Yanko. Yeah, we and, don't right, and the girlfriend who found Hannah dead in end of season one, and we don't know where she's gone. We see yeah, a little exchange she's, about her. She's not. Right, she's not actually listed in the credits. By the way, do we know if is Steve Carell in season? Steve Carell is coming back. Yes. Interesting. Interesting. Of course, you know why wouldn't you want Steve Carell? But I'll be interested to see how they handle that. It is the ancillary characters that have interested me the most in the show. That's mm-hmm. my point. Yeah, on that and, day. And I'm like really interested to see what Hasan Minhaj does. Um, the uh, against uh, Greta Lee with the, her Stella, Stella Back character. Mm. Uh, I'm I, I feel like she's going to be an important character through as the season develops. So, as much as I like Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon, it's the other characters that captivate me the most. Yeah, I think we're also going to have to work out for watch out for Maya, Maya Jordan as well. Maya Jordan, who does she do? She is the, the well, no, the character Maya Jordan who. Uh, has replaced Chip. Black. Oh right, right. Because if Chip's coming back, which we uh, don't know, right, that means that something's going to happen with her. Exactly, and so she's going to be some She drama. was brilliant in season one. She was brilliant in season one. I, I, most of the actors, if not all the actors, yeah. were brilliant, and it was a really well written show too. Yeah, uh, and I think the writing is held up. Certainly, I actually thought the writing, uh, you know, that sense of impending doom, but done quite kept you know subtly even though with the audience obviously a year and a half ahead of the characters was quite well done they've done one of those things that can be hard for a show especially a show like this to do which is to make us care and sometimes to make us care about people who you don't characters who aren't necessarily good or at the very least they're they're you know some combination of shades of gray at best so mythic quest that just did dealt with covid really well they had two episodes didn't they they had a brilliant special episode where they all the characters were isolating and it was sort of if it wasn't filmed on zoom certainly was meant to look like it and that was really cleverly done and then they had the return to the office a party and then that let them reset the show mm-hmm. i don't know how and then you go into season two. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they're going to do that in the morning show, but we will see. Mm, I think it'll be fine. I, 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 I think that this show is well run. Well, I think that all leaves us rather nicely. It's been a very, very big week for TV Plus then with uh, Primetime Emmy Awards for Ted Lasso. Knew the morning show. I'm very pleased, Brian, that you were here to discuss it with me. Obviously, tell people quickly where they can keep up with you. I am the editor in chief of the Mac Observer. You can hear me on the Apple Context Machine podcast. And uh, I am regularly on TMO's Daily Observations mm-hmm. and sometimes on Media Plus. Yes, when, yeah, we get him to put on his tux and on the red carpet and check out award season for us um i'm very grateful to have you for doing that i'm charlotte henry i'm at charlotte a henry on twitter and we will see you next week <laughs>